0: Welcome to the Midnight Carnival Podcast. I am your host, Parker Lyons. With me, my other
1: hosts...
2: Greg Kishbaugh.
1: Adam Garendi. Brian Shotton.
0: And just as we always do, we are continuing on. Uh, One thing leads to another. Our last podcast, we talked about... Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. And uh, the connection there, James... John Carpenter, yes, yes, and is this is like episode five now. I think so. Yeah. We've we've had a long break yeah. between episodes, and so I'm like trying to rack my brain what we talked about. But yeah, John Carpenter was our last topic, uh, or uh, or James the Hong reference. Was. James Hong was yeah. our last topic, yes. which led to Big Trouble in Little China, which led to John Carpenter, which leads to us to our new podcast topic. John Carpenter's The Thing.
3: Yeah, we almost talked about The Thing in the last podcast. Like, yeah, we had to stop it. We did. The breaks.
2: <laughs> but there's a lot to talk about with The Thing. so yes. Probably more than I thought, because I thought everyone's probably discussed this a million times since right. it's so iconic. Nope. But there is more to discuss. And uh, for those who don't know, and I'd be surprised if you don't, but The Thing Uh, Is a 1982 science fiction horror movie directed, of course, by John Carpenter. A screenplay by Bill Lancaster, which is super interesting. And as I was watching it this week, I was like, I wonder who... I saw his name come up in the credits. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen his name attached to a movie before. But now that we've had time to look him up, what else did he write the screenplays for? The Bad News Bears.
4: What? Well, yeah
2: which is that makes sense which, which is kind of like his only other credits and he was the reason carpenter hired him for this because he liked the bad news bears not just the bad news bears but all the ones after they go to tokyo they you know there's like yeah. of them right yeah okay did they go to antarctica or anything they like didn't but that I? would be a great bad news bears <laughs> if they were stuck in the so it's like a
3: scooby-doo episode bad <laughs> yeah. news bears beats the thing, the thing. that yeah. would be awesome so, so yeah were- so today normally you hear uh Parker's dulcet tones at the beginning. So Greg and I are trying to tag team and try to become one of Parker (laughs) as he does his intros because
4: we're trying to
3: cover it.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) his dulcet tones, it's our manic tones. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone recognize the last name of Lancaster?
3: Bert? Bert. Yes. Yes. Bert Lancaster,
2: his (laughs) son. His uh,
0: son did good. His son, actually,
3: was an actor who played in several <laughs> westerns. Yes. So he, if, same,
0: Bert or same, same Bill? Same Bill, yeah. Bill. Yeah,
3: he, he was a western actor, is whatever. That's why I was like, I didn't know it was the same guy.
2: But, had Polio as a child, just, and so he had one leg shorter than the other, so I guess actually, William
3: Henry Lancaster is his full name. Ta-da. How about that? There you go. I know, so... June 25th, 1982 came, it, it was released in theaters.
2: I wonder if anything else cool was released that same day into theaters. The same day. Well, look it up. If only someone knew and would tell us. I don't know. <laughs> what other film was released the exact same day that no one liked when they came out, just like this one? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Are you
0: serious? Blade Runner and The Thing comes out on the same
2: day. I never knew that.
0: <laughs> Man, did just everybody stay <laughs> home that day? Yeah, <laughs> like, what happened? With
2: that? What happened with that, that was you? a good weekend. For those of us who are old, I was. A uh, senior in high school actually I would have been graduating from high school so it was that summer and holy shit I do remember the release and we can talk more in depth later about the year of 1982 and the insanity of the, the, the movie, movie slate okay. that I mean, went I'm just on. gonna
1: have to go based off of uh, what's on the internet because it was like five more years till I was born.
2: exactly
4: <laughs> exactly <laughs> So you so, said so you, no, you did go see it in the thing. So as it's long as we're uh we're
0: going back in time, yes. legitimately this is one of the first trailers I remember as a kid. I was I were would they? have been, I would have been seven. Right. I don't oh, know what yeah. movie my parents took me to, but they played a trailer for the thing. Are you kidding Right me? before what we were probably going to see Bambi oh, or something like, like that. Them. And uh, vividly remember right. that trailer and being freaked Did you wet out.
2: Yourself? Yes, <laughs> that's but, awesome.
0: Uh, I just remembered the the. the I think they sh- had like the, the poster, the iconic poster oh, with like yeah. the.
2: It's that, got a logo
0: appearing, right? That, that image was kind of in the poster or in the trailer, if I remember correctly. It so still burned in my mind.
3: They possibly could have taken you to go see E. T. Which also came out in 1982. It <clears throat> also freaked exterior. me out
0: when I was seven. <laughs>
3: and had a crossover audience somewhat. It could have been it. I think a lot of people saw the Thing trailer on E.T. because I did.
4: That's... Yeah,
2: that I can't, that I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, did. I definitely, I remember seeing E.T. on opening night and uh, the second night.
0: So that's why nobody saw Blade Runner or The Thing is because ET, one of the greatest film uh, yes. <laughs> events in history yes. was
2: released. Yes.
0: Well, not only...
2: Oh, my gosh. You should but, see the slate. It's insane. But not only was it a great movie that, that stuck the auction out, The Thing and Blade Runner were completely destroyed by critics. Yes. The Thing yes. is insane, if you read yeah. the, what came out at the time. I mean, Lamb- The Review- Bastard. Critical so, reception. Considering what we think of it as a, as a, a classic today. but So, it was based on... A, <laughs> John Campbell novella called "Who's There," Who Goes There? Yes. Which I did read a hundred years ago. Um, I know it was much less action-oriented than the movie, and I know that was a problem with the screenplay when they were first trying to get it yeah. together.
3: But interestingly enough, uh, it's somewhat the, more accurate to the short story than it is the first movie that it's based off of, which yeah. is The Thing from Another World. Mm-hmm. Which actually was pretty far away from the script, uh, the, the original right. short story. But like the uh, original short story had that scene, the, the most famous scene in the thing, with the blood the needle thing. Yeah, the test. Oh, that, that was, that was in, the in the short story.
2: Yeah, Thing from Another World was definitely a, a guy in a suit monster movie, which mm-hmm. we all love. I loved, but that was definitely what the um, Rob Button, the guy who did the special effects for the Thing. Use that all the time as a source saying, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to have a rubber guy in a I want to have... Well, that's not what they did. They went a different direction. Can I just read some of these? Please.
3: Quote, the quintessential moron movie of the 80s. Unquote. Who wrote that? It doesn't say who would claim it at this point. Quote, instant junk. Unquote. Wretched excess. Starlog's Alan Spencer called it Qu- quote, cold and sterile, unquote. I mean, they were in Antarctica,
2: so... <laughs> oh, you know, before you continue, let me just continue with, with Alan Spencer from Wars. <laughs> and then you can continue. He wrote, yes. John Carpenter's this Thing smells and smells pretty bad. It has no pace, sloppy continuity, zero humor, bland characters on top of being totally devoid of either warmth or humanity. It's my contention that John Carpenter was never meant to direct a science fiction horror movie, here's some things you'd be better suited to direct. Traffic accidents, train wrecks, and public flogging. I'm
0: telling you! Man, good. So God, when we say man. it didn't
2: get good reviews.
0: Los Angeles
3: Times, Linda Gross, said it was quote, bereft, despairing, and nihilistic,
2: unquote. Do we have a Roger Ebert review? Right? Yes. Roger Ebert hated it. And it's That's, I don't know I can come dig Come on, it up right, Rog. I don't think I can dig it up right this second. Uh, I had it somewhere earlier, but yes, Roger Ebert was not a fan. I think he at least acknowledged the fact that it was well-made, but I think he thought it was too grotesque and too over-the-top, for sure. The
3: New York Times review said, quote, only if a viewer needed to see dog autopsies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually like that review. Uh,
2: But we're talking... Okay, well, here's... Here's yeah. Roger Ebert's opening line to his review: "The thing is a great barf bag movie, all right, but is it any good? I wonder yeah. what he thought. At, le- at least he gave it a chance. He he definitely saw the skill behind making it, but he was not a fan. He just he thought it was a gross out movie.
1: Was he still around when Saw came out? Uh, I, don't, I don't. know. that was in the mid two thousands, right?
0: Saw." Yeah, yeah, he would have been around. You know, it won't 2013
2: award. he died. So, so yeah, he would yeah. have been around. Well, the thing won an award. Did you
3: know the thing won an award? No. no. What? Oh, was it, it a Razzie? It a was a Razzie. Razzie. Uh, yeah, it won an a Razzie for uh, Maricones uh,
0: for his
2: music.
3: Sword. Yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> <you. But
2: laughs> <dude>. Wow, Razzie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a great score. It was like Ennio Marconi does John Carpenter. Listen, did you, did, and now it's considered the
3: 72
2: best film of all time. It is a great other tidbit the fact that he did win a Razzie for that score. He repurposed the score many years later for Tarantino's The Hateful Eight and yes. used the same score for that movie and won an Academy Award, or at least was nominated for one. Why?
0: No kidding.
3: Why? Yes. Why? You tell me why? Why did he repurpose because it? Because Tarantino Loves based
2: the, the Hateful Eight Eight on being, on being
3: the thing. Oh
0: my God! I never made that connection. Oh I yeah, I can totally see that now. Yes, really?
1: I think he, I thought he just read an Agatha Christie play and was like, "I could do this." Oh no, I, I love. <laughs> Turns that out he movie read. In watched John Carpenter and He's that's like, "I can right. do this." Think about the scene
3: with the blood, and think about the scene with the stew, and everything about it. I mean. All the notes hit the same thing. And in, uh, Amazing. Carpenter, That's why I love doing this podcast. Right? I learned
2: some
0: cool things. In
2: Carpenter's first iterations, when he was first brought on, he he cited Agatha Christie as a reference point that he wanted to use in the thing. That was, mm-hmm.
1: um, I mean, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, kinda, it's, it's a lot like the mousetrap.
2: Right.
0: Wow, we just connected the dots with, with Agatha Christie, Quentin Tarantino, and John Carpenter. That was All the a sentence.
2: Just to show one.
1: Agatha Christie knew her shit. She was a
2: gangster. She was. Okay. Well, that could be our next <laughs> one. isn't know. See how they run. No one's seen it yet. Yeah. Great, great stuff. So, uh, Carpenter was approached in 1976, originally, to uh, to do this, and they decided to go with Toby Hooper instead to be the director in the in the What If Files. Mm. So, obviously, that did not happen. Uh, they brought in John Landis,
4: mm-hmm.
2: also didn't happen. At one point, uh, Carpenter himself pulled out because he had something else that he was going to work on. And they discussed Walter Hill, Sam Peckinpah. What? and Michael Ritchie that would
3: have been a really cool movie so Same now Peckinpah we Sam Peckinpah's,
0: Peckinpah's The thing. thing it's funny because when I read that I had to we take can watch, my... we can talk about The Wild Bunch now <laughs> <laughs> is one of my favorite movies of all <laughs> time he now. just hears the doors opening
2: but for a second today when I first read oh Sam my Peckinpah's name I had to create in my mind's eye The Thing directed by Sam Peckinpah right? what if that have looked it like it would have been more gory it would have been insane yeah but Lot
0: more it makes involved. me think of how Mel Brooks produced *The Fly*. Right. And they just couldn't call it Mel Brooks's *The Fly* because <laughs> right. it would have been a totally different movie.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> he produced *The Elephant Man* too, didn't he? The uh, which one? The what? The Elephant, Elephant Man?
4: Man. Elephant Man. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to look it up. If
2: somebody had a computer, only if look it up. Nobody
0: does. And so My computer is busy program. recording right now.
2: So several drafts uh, of the thing, of course run through including uh, William F. Nolan who wrote Logan's Run. I love a great friend of Ray Bradbury. I've never
0: seen Logan's Run. What? I love. Logan. I've never seen Logan's
1: Run. It's
0: it. <laughs> good stuff. Nolan's a good writer. That's
2: An great. early draft was set at least partially underwater. Yes. It was described as a Moby Dick-like story in which the captain does battle with a large shape-shifting creature. So, but Lancaster is hired because of yes. The Bad News Bears, Right. which I haven't seen when, since they came out, but I remember seeing The Bad News Bears in the theater and thoroughly enjoying it. Same. I was the right age to identify with the kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, the bad news. I was already fifty by the time that came out. <laughs> so I was, you identified with yeah, Walter I, I, Mathau. Walter Mathau was my hero in that one for sure.
1: Yeah, mine. Mine uh, was the Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's right. Yeah. I uh, know. <laughs> And then I saw Walter Matthau, and I was <laughs> like, "Nothing beats Walter Matthau." Right? Mm-hmm.
2: I love the fact that uh, who goes there? Uh, the story has thirty-seven characters, so that was obviously a big point for them to get that down to twelve. And uh, the story was basically flashback. Yes. Done. So he uh, he writes that you have to start a story after it starts. So right. He had to get rid of that. And uh, I love the. In the uh, actual, I guess it's in the final screenplay. I haven't seen it, but. Um, McCready, when they introduce him, this is the description. 35. Helicopter pilot. Likes chess. Hates the cold. The pay is good. Nice. Nice character introduction, I think.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: That says a lot. So uh, basically, and this is like, so this is like a. Uh, A reverse Jaws, because I guess originally Lancaster's first script uh, didn't have the creature. And they were trying to play a a movie where you didn't see the creature. Right. Like Jaws. Like Jaws. They they wanted to show the creature, but they couldn't. Uh, Fortunately, uh, Rob Botten, the guy that did the special effects, told them...
3: I have some stats stats about him.
2: Go. But let's first start with,
3: that's why actually... The poster so iconic. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. It's so iconic because they literally couldn't give me any any images just, of any of the characters or the monster, and so he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll make." So he created that poster, thinking what it was like, and they did a uh, contest. I think Phantasmagoria did a contest with that poster, and they let people right. try to for winning tickets to to kind they of draw monster the, designs there. yeah, yeah. monster designs. Uh, all because he didn't have any information. They were not ready to reveal it yet.
0: He was probably having a bad day at his job. And they're like, hey, we need this poster. It's a monster (laughs) movie. Okay, what's the monster look like? Well, you don't know. What?
3: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put it in a snow (laughs) coat outfit with a hood up and it's light and it's awesome. Um, So,
4: yeah.
2: And we should say, what's his last name? Strayhance? Drew... Strazen, or I have, we're, we're I, gonna look it up. But he's I,
0: I have him in my poster uh, design fantasy
1: league.
4: He is, he's <laughs> it. I mean, he is the man.
2: <laughs>
1: why Why do I feel like you actually have Struzan? Struzan. So, so because
2: he did everything Star Wars and Back to the right. Future and Blade Runner Indiana and Indiana Jones. And he is just the dude. He is yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah, he is absolutely he's the goat of, of poster shank. He's
0: the GOAT. He
4: is the he goat, is, GOAT. without question, the GOAT.
3: So, so um, you don't know? I don't. We'll just say Bowden? Sure, Tom. Sure. Uh, he wasn't the original choice. Stan Wilson was the original choice. And he could not do it because he had to go do the howling. Could you imagine mm-hmm. leaving the howling? Leaving the thing to do the howling. Let's talk about a poor choice in, in mm-hmm. hindsight. And mm-hmm. so, 22-year-old Rob... Botten became. He didn't know much. He uh, he decided to go hard practical effects. In fact, the scene where Wilford Brimley is doing the autopsy on the dog—that's real dog. Viscera. It's what? Cool. It what? was... Go- oh, yeah, I'll read it. It's awesome. What? <laughs> it was real dog Viscera. Yes,
0: it is.
2: And it's, so everyone else that was That was my high school family. So Dog, dog Viscera. viscera. So,
3: <laughs> so everyone... All the other actors were grossed out, but not Wilbur Brimley, because he had cleaned his own uh, kills because he was a hunter. And so he didn't have a problem with it, which is why
0: he was so natural getting into that gore. Um, uh, I guess they couldn't uh, put that little... Uh, No animals were harmed in the making of this film. Uh, You (laughs) didn't see see it it, gone. So,
3: uh, Botan's involvement, uh, sorry, became so intense that he had to be admitted to the hospital with exhaustion.
0: Oh, yeah. I think I heard that too. Yeah. He was working. Working hard. Yeah, pneumonia, Working I think. hard Here for it is. the money. Yeah. Here it is. He lived there at the studio. Yeah. So hard for, for so the one, For
3: one scene, Botton opted to use real animal organs and intestines to create a convincing cadaver with star Wilford Brimley being the only actor on set who wasn't discussing, having previously been a hunter and cleaned his own kills.
1: And This was before he had diabetes. That's <laughs> right. Di- diabetes.
2: Diabetes.
1: Diabetes. And I love the <laughs> fact that they also
2: used <laughs> mayonnaise cream corn Microwave bubble gum and KY <laughs> jelly as some of their practical
4: effects. They did
3: more practical things. For instance, I don't know if you know this, uh, they kept the set at 40 degrees when they were on a set. And when, not, when they weren't on a set, they were up in an area that was basically zero degree in snow when they shot outside. They spent, what I looked up, says $100,000 in gear to keep the crew warm. And so those scenes that are they're blowing smoke out their their mouths mm-hmm. and
4: they're
0: cold, it's because mm-hmm. they're cold. Mm-hmm. So they, well, they would do. Just hated
1: that.
0: <laughs> so did they have any outdoor shots in the snow? Or those yeah, were all? Yeah, most of the film was
3: shot in British Columbia town of Stewart, a North American city known for its tremendous amount of annual snow accumulation. During that time, the temperature ranged from negative fifteen to zero degrees Fahrenheit.
2: They had Alaska set too, but yeah. yeah, they did most of it. And if they That's were so... on
3: set in Los Angeles. The set was kept at forty degrees. The union would not allow
0: that today. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, did read, uh,
2: interesting, the, just because they they were too tired to change. So when they would go out for lunch, yeah. it was a hundred degrees yeah. outside. Uh, while they're filming, they go out for lunch but keep all their shit on, uh, and uh, they were looked at. The film's strangely. devotion
3: to accurately portraying Antarctica was has created a tradition in which British Antarctica research station. Individuals must must watch the film
1: before going out to serve.
4: (laughs) (laughs) yes,
0: yes, as they should. They
1: did something like that, and I think in like an episode of Big Bang Theory, right? They they went up to Antarctica and they started doing the whole you should the thing thing, yeah, the the thing thing.
0: I think I watched a a a show. Um, was called The Head. I did watch. I did, did watch the first couple episodes. In the good. first in the first episode, I, I think they're watching the thing in the head. Yes, they are awesome. So,
2: yeah.
3: so that's that's the beginning. That's the stats.
2: Right. It was interesting because as I was watching it, that was one of my questions because I was like, cause they have breath in every single scene, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, this is obviously this can't be digital. It's 1982, so these guys are. It's cold in every one of these scenes. So I was wondering how they did it. Um, and now we know because it, it felt like a soundstage, like in some of the scenes inside, and it was. But the fact that they kept it at thirty-eight degrees the whole time is, <laughs> is uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm kind I'm of impressed. They they could,
0: yeah, I'm kind of impressed how they could get the temperature down that low on a soundstage. Like,
1: yeah, well, no, yeah, but I wonder how they did the tunnels.
0: Oh uh, yeah, That'd
2: be That's soundstage.
4: that soundstage.
2: The team, the team considered building sets inside an existing refrigerated structure, <laughs> but they could not find one. So instead, they collected as many portable air conditioners as they could, closed off the stage, and used humidifiers and misters to add moisture to the air.
1: Sounds like miserable. Miser- Sounds mm-hmm. miserable. The, the actors had to have been pissed. There's no, someone pissed off someone on production because <laughs> they clearly just got it back. Yeah, but we, we come to this film from
3: to to segue away from stats. We come to this film from Big Trouble in Little China, where uh, Jack Burton is the joke of a hero. But now we have McCready who is a real hero, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a hero's hero. Maybe.
0: <laughs> we'll talk maybe, about maybe. that. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. <enough. laughs> But yes, point well made. He yeah. is uh, the take charge yeah, right. kind
2: of guy. And they were careful to make sure that it was take charge. When they first, I think they described it as a Doc Savage type of hero when they first wrote his character. And they're like, That's, we don't want that from the get-go. Let's have him yeah. take charge as the movie goes on. And when does he take charge? You tell me, when does he take charge? He takes charge when he's locked out. Yes.
3: And that's he is moment. not happy when he gets
4: back in. And, <laughs> no, he,
2: he'll gone. blow
3: them all <laughs> to yeah. bleeping hell. Uh, yes.
2: <laughs> so do you guys think these characters like each other before this happened? Uh, this is a, a thing that I see pop up sometimes. Or these guys, did they generally get along in this environment? Were they going stir-crazy nuts nuts before this happened? I, I wonder how long they were together.
3: You mean, not actors, but you mean the characters. No, the characters. Oh, yeah. Because in,
2: you know, there's very few movies where every character... Obviously, that's the whole point of the story is the you know, the paranoia and who can you trust, but they don't generally mm-hmm. like each other um, at all, any character.
3: I think for the most part, they they were okay with each other, but you, you get pictures of their shortness because he asked... Oh, T.K. Carter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, T.K. Carter. Yeah. So he asked him to turn down uh, Right. The su- music? Supernatural, and right. Uh, he's like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Child seemed to be the other one. Yeah. Um, everybody had is with I love him.
2: how freaking cool is Keith David can we go ahead and throw it out there right now yeah, no, he is uh-huh. like, yeah he's pretty awesome <laughs> just man he's cool as shit
1: I forgot he was in this actually yeah
2: I mean he's like pitch perfect for it so all of the
1: actors are just yeah. wonderfully perfect is well you know guy? what there's
2: a there's a <laughs> my son and I watch a lot of horror movies and we're always like the first comment that we always make is the difference between a decent one and a great one is often just comes down to the acting. Like the acting can just make this, the whole thing. And the acting is quite superb. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say
3: what I was going to say. Then Uh-oh. I think movies in the well, 70, get the, end of, the you're no, going. <laughs> Movies in the early seventies, seventies, and early eighties. Uh, they didn't need to tell you about the characters.
4: They didn't tell you anything about it. No, either.
3: they just said, "Here's this character." The actor inhabited that character, right? And you were witness to yes. them acting they didn't stop and decide to tell you every little thing about this character so you could understand this character mm-hmm. and then understand the show.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I love that about
2: movies this time. We don't this know time. anything about any of Nope.
0: You know, one of the things I was just... I keep thinking about is the, is the doctor character. I wish I could remember his name, but he's got a nose ring. Yes, he does. I don't know if a nose ring was a thing in 1982 like it was today. And I just kept on wondering, like, why is this... Antarctic doctor, right? Who's fifty-five years old or whatever, yeah. having a nose ring? And did
3: they answer that question in the <laughs> no,
0: movie?
4: No, they didn't. No, they didn't.
2: Hell yeah, some they did. Someone is probably a version of the screenplay where there's ten yeah. pages of why But he I guarantee you, if they
3: were making that movie today, yes, you would have known
2: right from the yeah. beginning. Was, one uh, of the some, characters would go, something. "Why are you
0: wearing that nose
2: ring?" Yeah. and then they would have right. said, "Well,
3: it was the memory of my dead wife." Right. And then, you know, so it was. It's movie. such
0: an interesting detail yeah. that just like I catches my eye and i just keep thinking about it so one of the
3: great things about storytelling back then versus storytelling now is they let the viewer the in this case the viewer in our case the reader fill in all that for themselves and that is the key they'll the viewer will always pick the best story for them you know what i mean they're not going to let themselves down and so you can really just rely on them to fill in the blanks On what that nose ring is, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, I like to think he was a pirate. There you go. And uh, it has to be very compelling, (laughs) right?
2: It's awesome. And the problem that you often get, and Brian and I were talking about this probably earlier today, but unfortunately, when you leave that room for viewers or readers to play with it in their head, you've got to really, if you don't come through the way that you should, you just screwed it up. So if you come back with a story that's not as good as the one they invented, yeah. Would you have about a ninety percent chance of doing? Yeah, you're screwed. So you want a great story for that though. Mm-hmm. Right? I do. I want. If you I don't get them. one, well, I wanted an affair. You know, uh, right. you're be like, oh, that's the story. You mean, he's not a pirate, right? Yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very, uh, very well said. Yes. Uh, something else I want to see. Uh, I'll have to watch it again. But uh, Keith David had a broken hand. So, really? Yeah, he got a car accident, so he doesn't show his left hand for the first half of the movie. Huh. And huh. even when he shows it, he's got a rubber glove on over it, and then he has a glove that they paint black to make to try to match his skin sure. color. But I don't. I've never Easy enough noticed to hide it
3: when everyone's wearing winter gear. Uh, I know. Yeah. This is <laughs> kind of an interesting just, thing. Like you're like, really? That's kind of so it. his it's left his left hand never shown.
2: Yeah, bottom, Let's see. Exhaustion, double pneumonia, bleeding ulcer. Wow. Wait, who is this? Button. 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 But damn, are we glad he did that because... So, should we talk about that? What, the bleeding
4: ulcer? No, let's not. Let's, <laughs> talk, about let's talk about practical effects yeah. versus... Yes. Practical Less. Effects. Yes, yes. So let's. Because this is really the conversation. And let one me, of the
2: biggest. let me make a disclaimer right now that we could get into old man territory a little bit here with this discussion. Uh,
1: Possibly, like three-fourths of it, maybe.
2: Right. So, we're going to try not to. And be very uh, subjective about it, but okay, go ahead. Someone else started off. Practical effects in this movie, we can use a very clear uh, example. We can look at the Thing remake that they did, and whatever that was, two thousand eleven mm-hmm. or whatever it was, the yeah. prequel, prequel sequel, and yeah. whereby they used digital effects, remake. and we can compare the two and see which ones were more effective. So, mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna go right into old man territory. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's just do it, you know, old man. It's just no substitute for great practical effects. From the thing to Jurassic Park, and there's just like a realism and weight to practical effects that just are much more um, immersive. Bad CGI. Most CGI takes me right out of the moment. It just it just doesn't. It looks like a cartoon most of the time.
1: Even the good um, CGI. I, it, I, in here's why I think a lot of us are longing for practical effects again. is because this, younger younger this is the younger <clears> guy. This is a 35-year-old, by the way. He's basically old. Still yeah, right? he is, yeah, Sorry, he is also I'm, old. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know. I'm at that weird stage where I'm I'm old enough that I feel older, but I'm still young enough to make stupid decisions. <laughs> um, and you look old, at that house. So, so, <laughs> <like, laughs> no, so it's like 62, right? Exactly, right. yeah, yeah. But there's become an over-reliance on the CGI, especially now that it's gotten so good everybody's like, oh, well we can it's, it's the old, we can fix it in post. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So everybody just wants to do that but really the practical effects just make it look so badass. No, I, mm-hmm. I, I think there's an automatic
3: your brain is wired to know these things and when their eyes aren't quite meaning where the CG would have been because they're not looking at the CG, they're looking at a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you intrinsically know. You're like, nope. Mm-hmm, you're, yeah. you're like, nope. But when they're looking at a fake dog or a bunch of dog guts coming out and they're reacting the real way, they're like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting.
4: Sure.
3: So in a, in a way, it allows them to not act, act. I mean, their reactions to the dog guts was real uh-huh. they were acting they were disgusted and
1: uh-huh. just they're not having to make believe we ended up doing something similar on a set of a short film we ended up doing it's where I, I, I played a character that had there was like three of us you right, we played three characters three characters right we all looked similar we were, they all looked like me but yeah. it was like a multiverse type of deal right and obviously I'm Talking to myself in these scenes, so I had we didn't have anybody to read with me except for the the director of a very very absolutely no budget short film that's on YouTube kind of thing. Right. right? So we ended up. They at first we took like a like a C stand and put a you know a piece of paper on it or something like that, and then we realized okay I, I was like this sucks I can't do this I mean you can but it's just it's not gonna can, be yeah. it, it's not gonna be good. So while he was reading with me. We just slapped a piece of tape on his chest, like where my eye level would be at, and that away I was looking there the yeah. entire time, yeah. you know, while, while I'm conversing with
2: him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had I, I made the same note about what Brian was just saying, which is like just how much more fun for an actor that you can go in and see this giant melted dog creature with smoke coming off it and cream corn spilling out of it. And reacting to it as opposed to a green, scheme with, green screen with a ball. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's got to be. Uh, I'm curious who decided KY Jelly needed
1: to be involved in that. <laughs> I mean,
2: I could see it. I'm mean, just the, the drippy, gooey. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and it was funny because you mentioned the frimering. He's like, I got this thing right here. He brought his own KY Jelly everywhere he was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Quaker once. Exactly. i just going to let you put a Cadillac in a house, boys. Let me you. And that was pre-mustache. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Was because how everybody, that's how everybody knows him. So yeah.
2: it's, I
4: know
1: him from the diabetes commercials. I'm like, where's that mustache at? Is that that's <laughs> so damn good in this movie. He fun. is good. He's good in a lot of stuff. He is. But yeah,
3: this movie in particular.
0: He was 29 when they made this movie. It's a small fact. <laughs> Wait, no, no. No. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> he, was, he was always 20 years younger than you he you was. Everybody makes the joke about like, how dumb, old he was. not dumb. that dumb. It <laughs> cocoon. He was definitely about twenty years younger than you thought yeah, he was. He was a lot younger than yeah. like Don Amici when they made cocoon yes, in that movie. So, so cocoon, yeah, the next
4: podcast maybe
2: <laughs> Don Amici? Don Amici? I said cocoon next podcast. Oh no, cocoon. God, I didn't so see
0: that wasn't came out either. Um, Opens up the door to Steve Gutenberg. I mean there's so in our oh God. Can we survive a baby? <laughs> <good?
2: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <Or, laughs> I,
3: I think in terms of themes ass. in terms of and I would even say the, a character. Um, I think the most impressive one of the most impressive things about this movie is how well it deals with paranoia. And I mean paranoia is a character. It literally sits uh, yes. in the room with all of them. I don't know how You know, there's been many movies since then that's tried to replicate this sense of paranoia, but they don't even come close to this movie. From the moment they realize the dog was possibly something and they've been infested, it's turned up to 11 and it stays there the whole time. culminating in that scene with the the blood and the the
4: hot flame needle. And Uh there's no one who
3: watches that scene that doesn't freak out when the bench alien starts to reveal itself and the guy's next to him like get me out of here get me out of here (laughs) because you want to get out of there you want nothing to do with it it is like the most intense scene I had seen as as up to that age even
1: still same
2: same way yeah would this would this scene be as intense because this is Palmer right semi a little bit of comic relief because he does say the greatest line one of the greatest lines ever yes, in the history of cinema. Please, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> Which, in context of the scene, yeah. is perfection. Right. Yeah. So before they hired him, that actor to play, they auditioned Jay Leno. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gary Shanling.
1: No way. Oh, I could see Shandling. Tell me they all no said way. this line I in could their see audition. I Charles Fleischer, the, Ra- the Roger Eilert.
2: I do I think Shanling
1: would have killed that role, actually.
2: I love Gary Shanling. But I still have this image of Jay Leno strapped so. to that. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
4: what's, what's yeah. going yeah. on here? Oh, my God. No. <laughs>
2: it would ruin the whole right? film. But don't you love the what would have happened? His chin I mean, would start
0: changing immediately. I know. Right? We, it we, we, it'd make up like a tentacle. Right. You know. <laughs> what if was there fun. was a Sam
2: Peckinpah directed version of this movie with J Lo? <laughs> I mean, my God, man,
1: <laughs> that, wouldn't be talking that. About? That
2: would have been the darkest timeline. We wouldn't have been talking this, about it.
1: But you know what though? That version probably would have ended up making money initially. <laughs> yes, Which and it would have been forgotten forgotten Did right away. Not. Uh,
3: interestingly enough, uh, because it segues into a wonderful discussion, if we choose to go there, uh, Tarantino considers this one of his five or six perfect films. I mean, he mm-hmm. thinks this is a perfect film. Mm-hmm. I have the list of his others here if we want to... I would um, love to yeah. hear Tarantino's... Thomas put Jaws is what I'm, I'm, he says. Jaws. I'm sorry, they're all made in the, the 70s. The Exorcist. And close to okay. Annie Hall. Okay. Young Frankenstein. Yes. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, what? Okay. He thinks it's the... He thinks it is by far the most perfect film. But he also adds... He even though it's not perfect, he adds the Wild Bunch, Sam Peckinpah again. Right. Uh, but yeah... He thinks the thing is right up there with the oh, biggies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no. Yeah, don't I'm get not, stuck. I'm not here to defend. Don't get stuck with Texas Chainsaw. No, 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 I know no, no, that's no, that can be a no, whole separate conversation. No, yeah, Jaws.
1: I agree. Exorcist. Jaws. Absolutely. An exorcist. Annie anyway. Hall. Maybe. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Frank like super good. I'll put Annie Hall top ten, but hold on a second. Did you say Texas Chainsaw <laughs> He's go back no is number Even one though that's for
2: him? For him. For him. He thinks you, that's should, you know what? Film. You
3: should invite him on this podcast <laughs> and we can ask well, him. Well, no, it. you know
2: what's going to happen. And I'm going to well, go back and if watch. If you're listening, I just watched it like maybe two months ago. The original. The original.
1: I'm going to go back I am and
2: willing to discuss this with you yes. at great length. But, I, you know, it's real- actually
3: has a very sophisticated argument about
2: it. It's, it's one of those things where you definitely he have to watch it from... You have to watch it from an historical standpoint. If you watch it simply uh, as yeah. an artifact as it is, yeah, uh, you know it's uh, different. Which, uh, which unfortunately, you don't have to do with yeah. the thing or Jaws. Right. You don't have to look at them historically. Right. They're just freaking phenomenal. Right. No matter when they were made.
1: I, I like the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. I I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not shitting on it here. I like it. I like the movie. I just got a feeling I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. I'm gonna see a lot of foot shots. And <laughs> that's why he thinks. Yeah, fun? No.
2: you know, it's there's a lot of people who will who listed as a top ten type movie in the horror field, but yeah. it's definitely from a historical standpoint would be my argument. Why? Uh, why historical? You know, it was just kind of the wasn't it
4: like the kind of the first independence. Yeah, in,
2: you know, we're doing yeah. it on our own. Hey kids, let's put, let's put on a show type of uh, yeah. outside the so, studio system yeah. type of thing and. And they did a lot of practical things, and they did a lot yeah. of jaws-like things in it. Honestly, yeah, they don't show much. You no, know, they don't there's no blood in it or no, anything. No.
3: So I, I think you can feel where he's going with a lot of it. The
4: Exorcist is the same way. They they do a good job of hiding, yeah, uh, you know, hiding a, hiding any kind of difficulty away from the technology of the age, and that creates a better
3: movie. Where now. They're Marvin willing to show you the monster right from the beginning, and you're like, really? Okay, that's
1: yeah.
3: it. I'm surprised they didn't have any Hitchcock. stuff <clears throat> on Well, I'm not, it's not my list. It's yours. It's his. You can do your own. What's list. your You know what? I have quit, man. your top ten list? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> do you have a perfect
1: film? I don't know that I have a perfect film. No, well, I think Jaws is. Jaws perfect. is perfect Jaws. I yeah. think Close Encounters is the third time. I, I love Close Encounters the third time. Pretty close to it. Now, my favorite... I, I don't know that it's a perfect film, but my favorite film is The Hustler. I think it's a fantastic mm-hmm. film. I love that film. The
2: Hustler is an amazing movie. Yeah. And it's a good book, too, by the way. Yeah. So I want to bring it back to the Go.
0: practical effects. Yes. Because it kind of ties in when I hear you he talk about, like... Something new, something that's never been done before. Like, when you think of the reason this movie is so good, do you think first of the practical effects, or do you think the paranoia, Antarctica, like, what makes this movie great?
1: I think paranoia. Me too. So. That's I. it is. It's so
2: real. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out on that weekend, the Blade Runner, yeah. and... I do remember my, my immediate impression when I saw it was the paranoia and the the bleakness, particularly the ending, which we just didn't get yeah. much of uh, back in those days. Do you remember your yeah.
0: reaction when you walked out?
2: Absolutely. What did you think? I was like, holy yeah. shit. The ending was like, what? Yeah. One of them was affected. They both were. We don't know. Right. They're both going to die because it's cold. I mean, it yeah, was. Uh, Maybe neither of them are. I mean, you're waiting for the helicopters to show up and take them away, which was the original ending. And they filmed it.
4: Yeah.
2: And come that. and get. Uh, MacReady McCready and take them out. Um, that's the logical Hollywood right. ending that all of us thought would happen. Right. And I right. remember that much more than the practical effects, much more than the monster effects, which were spectacular. Which is a lot of time.
3: To, which is why I would trust Peck and Paul to do this movie because he also loved the non happy and right. the absolute you got to be kidding me. Uh, mentions, right? And yeah. sense. the
1: review, one of those reviews, you talk about said nihilistic. Right. It was that a lot right. of reviews, like that that that's, yeah. And, and as word. a nihilist, yes, but, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, they,
3: they view that as the negative thing, but when everything is happy <laughs> in Hollywood so many times when something surprises you with an yeah. ending that is like, oh. So so I, now I as remember
2: I can... being surprised the first time I saw that walking out and that may have had some uh, bearing upon how well it did or didn't do. Was I remember going? Well, holy shit! <laughs> okay, is there a, an after scenes credit or a credit scene? Yeah, or yeah. that to no, that's it. Should we You're dis- both going freeze to death? Should <laughs> we uh,
0: dis- dissect the ending? <laughs> you, you have, have
2: to. to.
4: I think when yes. you, this now a good time.
0: Of course, there's an easy answer, but I'll let everyone
3: you know before I do, look, no give, give you the truth. Before I give you the truth, it might as well hear your. Your, your wrong opinions. Yes, please. He just handed me a Stella. A refreshment? Stella.
0: Just, thank you for this bottled water. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good. So, what that, do you think? Okay, until you uh, well, they yeah, want to we, sponsor us. Will we mention yes. it?
2: Today, tonight, we're sponsored by Stella FR. <laughs> if you guys uh, send us free cases, we will accept them. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? Well, it's interesting because obviously this is the biggest topic of conversation probably about this movie. Except.
3: I really, I did not care, and I still don't care who survives or no, who's working in. The end. I'm kind
4: with I know you it's on a, that. It's, it's, a di- it's a
3: dialogue, so we'll have it. But
2: honestly, I don't care at all. So I think this circles back to when we were discussing the backstories for characters. I agree. I don't what, whatever care. scenario you could come up with for these two characters, he was infected, he was infected, they both were infected, they were both aliens to begin with. None of them would right. work or make you happy. And the incredible uh, effectiveness of this ending is that we get to create our own. That's right. And we live with it, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I, I guarantee you, if they had come up with a very clear-cut ending, they did. They did.
3: Oh, I've I've, I've read, done the research There's now, some, and it's it's actually disappointed just, me greatly. Yeah. Should we
0: ruin everybody's? Uh... I don't, I don't <laughs> no. That's why we're here. Let's ruin everyone's evening. <laughs> well, we can just let it be a debate for all
1: time. But first, right, before we ruin everyone's evening, I want to hear what everyone thinks.
2: But I will also say, John Carpenter never revealed what he thought was. But he said he knows. He knows, but he never acknowledged anything about what was what with mm-hmm. the However. So we got that going for us. The, the we got effects that us. and the
3: camera guy
2: did. Did you read about it? No.
3: Oh, my. I will, I will literally ruin the debate right now.
1: Well, the you know, camera what guy says, he I hear everybody thinks first, though. Well, first of all,
2: I watched this and someone just last week somewhere on social media said the answer is in the last scene. Mm-hmm. It's clearly addressed in the last scene. It is. So there you go. So when I watched it, which was just last night, I'm like hyper focused on the last scene and I'm going, I missed it again. For the so, here's, time. Here's the so here's here's the three here's here's the three uh
3: here's the three clues. Are you ready?
4: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, the answer is it's not McCready. The cameraman says anytime the alien appears on the screen, he used a particular lighting on his eyes. eyes. I've heard that uh-huh. one. I am not sure I buy it, but there it
2: is. And Carter the eye. Apparently. Right. But the
3: other thing is, the alien in the film, never breathes frost wow. out of his mouth. And one of them breathes frost and one of them doesn't. doesn't. God, Uh-oh! Yeah. It's pretty much right there. However...
4: Uh, like or it. It. Or yes, the, the AC was out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but McCready's blowing smoke like crazy. Right. The third uh, proof that a lot of people lean on is, at the end, McCready doesn't have a bottle of JB. He has a Molotov cocktail and he hands... One of the unlit Molotov cocktails and the guy drinks it. Hmm. So there you have Uh, it. It's excited. I hate I'm sorry. Forgive
4: us. (laughs) I mean, I I love the last
0: one though. That was that's that's my favorite. Because yeah, yeah, he had all those bottles of Molotov cocktails down in the the tunnel. Yes. He didn't have a a bottle of JB's. What a because he never actually takes a drink of it himself. Mm -hmm. He gets ready to
2: And then he gives it to him. And then he hands it over. And he just goes glug 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 and he's like We'll just stay here for a bit. Uh, So it doesn't bother me because it still takes some deducing, a lot of deducing. And, you know, it's still pretty open as far as you can. But I'm I'm disappointed
3: that I know now. Can I I do do a counterpoint?
0: Sure. How do you explain McCready's torn up jacket out in the snow?
1: Fuchs. Yes. Fuchs. Fuchs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When did that happen? I thought you were going to call him the other name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't
1: know that. No, no, uh, no, I... Tell me the timeline. Fuchs, how does how's it Fuchs? Because he's the one, who doesn't he? He finds it in the uh, in inside, doesn't he? And then he brings it. That's well, what we're told. We don't really yeah. know. We're just, we're just not we're not told. Yeah. But we know that
3: Fuchs is the guy who passes on the alien to whomever.
2: Yeah. And let it be noted also that the if, if, thing. Sorry, if, I apologize if, to um, all listeners. In every other. <laughs> movie ever made up to this point. I shouldn't say that. That's a kind of (laughs) pre-pronged. But in general, when you find the clothing as they did with McCready Mm -hmm. and the name on Mm -hmm. it, that's what is known as a red herring. Yes, it is. And so, it's explained later on in the movie why that was happening. Yes. Okay. But the thing didn't explain it. So you're still still left at the end going, "Well, holy shit. So who was patient zero?
3: Well, they've treated that they dealt with that in the prequel slash sequel, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I didn't see this. So the, the prequel slash sequel is almost a weirdly it's, it's, the it's a it's a it's the Norwegian it's the and it's a it's a remake. Mm-hmm. And at the end what it is fun to watch, to be honest with you, and it's cool because at the end the end you already know, which mm-hmm. is the beginning. The dog the and the helicopter, like, right? Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. the dog and the the dog Runs away, and the helicopter goes after. And the one guy him. And that can doesn't you just, speak Can I just English? say that the, dog, the people in the helicopter let me could just, have killed that go dog any time they wanted to. So
2: let's we have to get into it because this is <laughs> finally no this finally is the, the hard-hitting no, debate I've been waiting it, for all per- night. We're talking about perfect movies, <laughs> and we have a guy in a helicopter who could be a stormtrooper because <laughs> he can't hit anything,
0: and
3: even if all they had to do is like. Slow down and throw grenades.
0: He's got grenades. He grenades. <laughs> he's so wait, did they know that this this dog <laughs> yes. was
2: the thing? Yes. yes. A true. bullet he wouldn't would even kill, it, kill right? it, right? Like the, no, the physiology. The physiology yeah. wouldn't... It might slow it down. Yeah. though. he's definitely shooting at. And can the I just dog. say
3: that that alien dog knew exactly where to run? Right. It's like
2: it's running uh, back and forth. No, it's this way. It's, but it's behind also the helicopter, dead. to... Right.
3: Absolutely directly to the U.S. Yeah. It, runs, yeah. for a, it runs for a long, s-
0: Jumping up, long time. trying to and, lick and, somebody's face. And, and
3: if there is any blemish on this perfect movie, and it still is a perfect movie, yeah. is that is that grenade throw that blows up the he entire He pulls the helicopter. grenade up, drops it backwards
2: <laughs> over his head.
0: Man, it's rough. It's a rough We're not saying <laughs> no because that that diminishes the perfect movie oh, at has, all.
2: It has happened in real life. Right. So, oh, uh, definitely. Right? So, yeah, oh. You
0: know, my dad has a story when he was in the military. They were learning how to throw grenades, and they're all lining up at the bunker. Yeah. And the guy pulled the key. I've done it. Threw it the key. A, it's called a pin. <laughs> threw the pin. Ron, <laughs> oh, the pin okay. Threw the pin. Oh, yeah. The grenade was in his hand. Everyone
3: in the – I was in the Army, and everyone in the Army has to do grenade and rival. Uh, Qualification. So, yes, I've thrown live grenades. No, okay, no. When you said I've done it, I thought you meant like you pulled the pin. We thought you blew up up a helicopter (laughs) on accident. Yes, I have, but I've done that. The Thin Red Line, have you seen that? Of course. I love, there's a scene in The Thin Red Line where Woody Harrelson's character grabs his grenade, but it's tied to his belt. So, he pulls the the grenade, but the grenade stays and the pin stays on him. So, the grenade's attached to him and he spins and blows his ass off, but he protects his. His platoon by throwing his, his hip into a berm. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it works there, it works in the thing. Come on. Uh, people make <laughs> yeah. mistakes. Yeah. And I let's nor- face it, especially Norwegians. If
2: you're Norwegian listeners. Can we edit
1: that
0: out?
2: Right. <laughs> we'll fix that in post. What are you talking about? And they're called Swedes for most of the, the movie, too. So that's a, a denigrating. Remark to the Norwegian fans that we have. they apologize. The views
0: and opinions of Brian are <laughs> not necessarily those of the
1: Night Carnival. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because it's a perfect
2: <laughs> opening involved scene. right now. <laughs> it's a perfect opening scene because, holy shit, it starts off with, it. you're in it. There's no backstory. You're, it, the, the action begins so I immediately. Love the, I love it's it. A good,
1: it's a great hook. I love it's the hook. great I'm opening. like, what is going on? Why it's are they just, chasing
2: the shooting part, like they should have at least maybe that he was having a. He was infected, so he was he couldn't aim properly. Well, I mean, you're or, in a helicopter, right? Yeah,
0: like you're oh, yeah, a, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, he's
2: a scientist. He's not a, it, a member it, of the military. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what the, were they uh, using uh,
1: it for? No, the guy that's flying the.
2: Uh... The guy that's shooting. There's two guys in the. Yes. One flying, one shooting. Was
1: there? Yeah. Yeah.
2: They yes. blow up the guy that's flying it. Yes. It shows. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, if yeah. he was yeah. flying and shooting, he definitely would have an excuse. Then I would forgive him. <laughs>
3: you, yes, I was just thinking, why wouldn't you just fly way ahead, land, and blow the dog, up, the dog. up? You could have, like, right. yeah. flown
1: like real close to it and then, like, tilted down with the chopper blades. Mm. Just, I'm no, not going
2: to. No, true, no. It? I think you're going down with that. Yeah. You know? really? Oh, really? You start yeah. trying to chop up dogs with your. Helicopter
1: blades as you're flying What's an alien? It was a this is not... Well, Then you got, like, then you got right. like
2: 200 aliens,
0: <laughs> basically. That's not going to help you at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. The head came off and you still
3: kind of like... I really around. do. There's certain things about the film that, that they don't answer that I love that they don't answer. And I'm glad that they don't, but it makes me... I think about... The uh, UFO that has crashed, right? And yes. It's in the ice. Mm-hmm. And then the alien has walked really far away and fell down and, right. you know, died. How did they know the alien was there to take him up? What are they, like,
0: doing, plotting the... What are they... I don't know how they yeah, see Well, don't scientists, like, drill the ice? They, like, drill down in the ice and they get, like, the really old ice and bring the old ice up? Yes, they do.
2: Yeah, I thought maybe yeah. that it had been... The alien was either thrown... Which is probably not a great throw from a spaceship. <laughs> it's done great luck. <laughs> <laughs> didn't put a great look. No seatbelt on. No put seat seat on. on. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a Norwegian. Right. <laughs>
1: so <but laughs> once again, the <laughs> views and <laughs> <of the laughs> opinions <laughs> of Brian Chotten are not necessarily yeah, those band
2: that Norway. back There goes two people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, So then I thought maybe that was it. He was walking away from the crash. But then they said it was 100,000 years. Yes. So that was a bit of a thing.
3: Yeah. It, but, I don't know how they found him, but I'm glad they did. Because has a great story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want
2: to dig too deep into it. So I agree. It's okay. That's and why I don't
3: want to know who wins at the end.
2: We have to talk quickly about 1982 because we don't we have do. a lot of time, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Oh my gosh. I still have the tab
3: up. Do you? I have a tab I up. I remember don't. it like it was yesterday. Blade Runner, E.T., Gandhi, First Blood, Poltergeist, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, Tootsie, Rocky 3. Conan and the Barbarian, Fast Times of Ridgemont High, Tron, The Dark Crystal, Sophie's Choice, 48 Hours, The Secret of Nim, The Officer and a Gentleman, Creep Show, Lash Unicorn, The World According to Garp, Year of Living Dangerously, Diner, Annie. I mean, just keeps on going. Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. That's I mean,
2: How did. It's insane. I'd like to it's think. And then, and
0: then there was E.T. Yes. Which. <laughs>
1: Star Trek Two, The Wrath come right. Like,
0: I can somebody yeah. pull up the movies of twenty twenty two. No, we don't. We don't God. want to. That's part of There's the There's gonna be like seven Marvel
3: movies. Yeah. There's like nothing.
0: choice, <laughs> the king of comedy. Is there a movie? Here's the question: Dark Is there a movie Batman, that Dark came Christmas. out yes. in twenty twenty two that is better than Christmas. any it's of Christmas. the movies Night on shit. that list? It's insanity. Is there any movie that but came out in twenty twenty two that is better than a movie yes. that came out in nineteen eighty two? What is it? Everything, Everything everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Did it came it come out in 2020? I that it was 2021. I don't know.
2: I thought no, it came out 2020. Yeah, it came out.
0: Okay, that's why yeah. it's gonna win the Oscar. Oh, yes. oh my god.
2: Yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, Buzz <laughs> on the Street definitely is right right on. an opinion.
0: Brian <laughs> or not because, necessarily. Buzz of Adam Grady. Definitely, <laughs> exactly. what I hear.
2: Exactly. But yes, it's an insane, insane list. And I feel like that's kind of going back into the old man territory. But the reality is that's what I watched like yeah. every weekend, you know, for my life when I was, uh, my formative years. Call it yeah. So it's definitely a different experience, uh, these days when I look at a slate of movies for a month or a year and think, holy shit, I wouldn't saw The Thing and Blade Runner on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, no oh, clever. I see what you no did. did there. I see what you did there. Um, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> so, when you look back at that slate in '82, how many of those movies though were like critically panned? Nobody really liked them that much.
4: Like only for sure. Right? Yeah. Those, those several were for sure. Yeah.
1: There were several others. So how many now in the last, like if you say 2021 or 2022, that had not been received well. That we'll look back on, however, you know, many decades later, and go, oh, those are actually classics. Look at that slip that we had.
2: Okay. No. So that's the argument. I. No. Give me an example.
1: I, I don't have one. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, that, I think the movies that we'll look back on and say, "Holy
3: moly!" From this year, Everything all at Once, like Norseman. I think that movie is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Anything. I, I mean, I think it's genius, and no. No. Um, I, already, I already know what Greg's What saying. I can tell you is at, <laughs> no, at no point are we gonna stop twenty years from now and say,
1: My God, those Marvel movies. I Disclaimer, we enjoy the Marvel movies. Yes. Yeah. But
2: yes, it's a different uh, scenario. <laughs> we
1: don't want to piss off the all powerful Kevin Feige.
2: So uh, I have well, a look, I grew up with Marvel as I, 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 I read looks like they were going time.
0: But let's face it, but. they're
3: not pushing boundaries there's
0: some auteur directors that are out there yeah. that like they will study guillermo del toro yeah. in in film school yeah. he's got pinocchio coming out well, i think yes
1: yeah. by the way
0: i think jordan peele will get like his own little study yeah, in uh in film school so like those are two movies that i think probably went largely unrecognized but over time I think a lot. I don't know about Pinocchio. I, I'm hearing great stuff about I Pinocchio. Think eight, I think
3: A24. Anything A24 does. Yeah. At this point, I'm like down.
0: I'm it, gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I and mean,
3: they're yeah. doing some really amazing. Yeah. If I was a film
0: professor in a college, I'd have like an A24, like <laughs> course. correct course. Yeah. yeah. We're just gonna watch the movies of A24, like underneath this, under yeah. the skin. Oh, yeah. My God, that movie's amazing. Yeah. Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Witch. Lighthouse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Lighthouses. Talk about paranoia. I, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It. There's
3: that scene where yeah. William Defoe's character is looking down, and the, and the lights coming oh, out. Geez. It's basically
0: the thing from the side, the poster. Yeah. Uh, Willem Defoe sh- sh- should have sh- got an Oscar sh- nomination for that because I didn't know what the heck he was saying was the entire awesome. movie, but I totally believed everything he it was, was genius. doing. Genius.
2: And I love uh, Skarsgård but I'm bummed out that they that because it was supposed to be William Defoe playing uh, not surrounded. And somehow that got. That's an
3: Edgar's film. Yeah, so, I love it.
0: I thought Defoe did play Nosferatu. I mean, It he was like something different. Was that a different Back in the
3: day.
2: Yeah, but there was a new one that was supposed to be the Edgar's one that was. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be. By the way, fast. the whale. <laughs> whale. whale. Yeah.
3: Think. The whale. Hereditary. Well, the whale's summer. at twenty four. Yeah, Hereditary. Moonlight already won. Yeah. Moonlight. Uh, Lady Bird.
2: We have to go. We're running so long and we're just so excited. But Are you I re- serious? Yes, but I refuse. No. I absolutely refuse to leave this without saying because my favorite game ever is Who Could Have Been Cast, as you guys know. And I think we should do a whole podcast one day on this exact uh, thing. Uh, Gary. You know Gary from The Thing. Sort of in charge until he's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He does uh-huh. wonderful,
3: by the way. Powers Booth, who I love. I think it would have been pretty good, but not as good as this guy. Lee Van Cleef. Ooh. Lee Van been. Or Jerry Orbach. You, hold on, wait a minute. Yes. Everyone needs to understand, he's literally reading off his laptop. I which am. Which means he's created a document. <laughs> I by am. Who could have played uh, who, this character. Who was offered
2: this role. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes.
4: No, no I were, know, was know, was
2: like, thought these like, were, like, no ideas. No, these are oh, awesome. right up with Jay Leno and Gary Shandling. These were offered, or at least auditioned for. Lee Van Cleef would have been good. Powers no, course, no. Lee Van Cleef. Jerry Orbach.
3: Do we know our role, or is
2: this just like... Yeah, for, Gary. for Gary. This is for Gary. Yeah. Okay. In Richard Mulligan, if you don't remember, but from soap? Kinda of older guy. Oh soap. my gosh. Yes. That guy? Yeah. He
0: could have done it. I could have seen World. Oh yeah. Okay. I just I absolutely refused. Uh, I really aged myself knowing To leave the you. guy in soap. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now a For thousand you younger years listeners,
2: <laughs> Soap was a first thing. Is this the
1: stuff that I use to wash my body? It was a great show. Our comic first, comics, our first comic introduction story. to Billy Crystal. mean no uh, one
2: knows who that is anymore, either. But
1: the the
3: that his character is wonderful. There's a, it it goes back to that they don't mention so much, but he pulls that gun on. Yeah. And that whole scene where you know he has he has history, and they and know like, he has history, and he's kind of a little he's a little crazy, and they don't necessarily tell you exactly why he reacts the way he did.
2: But I get the sense that oh, Gary was 100% in charge I up agree until that. And I it agree. does
3: make you wonder why so was he the leader? Yeah. And and they keep teasing him for shooting something, or don't point that gun at me, or you going to pull your gun again? Or, right. And uh-huh. so it's almost like there's, there's, there's a history in their
2: dialogue that we're not privy to that's amazing. Well, first of all, he pulls off a headshot on the Norwegian. Because he's right? not going to be fucked with. He's not. Not Gary. No. Not, Gary. <laughs> not Gary. No. The guy oh, in the helicopter takes hundred and fifty shots at the dog and misses. And Gary Gary would have hit it from breaking out a window hits this guy, drops him dead. Oh, with through a pistol. The
3: Tell us about you. your work with a pistol this uh this last week.
0: I work with a pistol last yeah, week? You oh, you're talking about the zombie? <laughs> yeah. Yes. What did you do with the pistols? Uh, Gary level? I I think I might have died fifty times. Yeah, for for our listeners out there, virtual I, reality. Classes. I played a virtual reality game, but for a company called Sandbox,
2: super
0: immersive. Super immersive. You wear uh, the VR goggles over your head. They put you in a room, and he they has- have. Full-on pictures of him in, like, military gear. Yeah, it's amazing. They they put, uh, like, a vest on you that has uh, sensors and vibrations. So, like, anything you... F- so you know when you get hit. So if fair. a zombie attacks mm-hmm. you from the back, your your back will, like, start buzzing. You can feel something touching you. And it's, like, very uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you can move freely about the room. They give you weapons there's he showed, a moment they have like double
3: pistols by the way they have
0: i don't want to i hate to spoil it but there's like uh there's like fans along the wall Spoiler. and so there's a moment where a helicopter comes in uh, and like they turn the fans on and so you can feel the air blowing as the
1: helicopter's landing like
4: it's insane
0: they, they should oh, do a whole thing PR we've come back around right. uh, holy <laughs> broly, i know yeah, cool. to lose it and it was a, it was zombie themed so it was like very horror right. shooting the head, zombies coming after you i recommend it
2: So as we wrap up, let us quick mention the fact, and this is very, very important, because this is considered an absolute classic movie. And I think that the four of us have had a conversation before. When you're watching modern-day shows, movies, television shows, every kid has a Thing poster on their Yes, he does.
3: It has influenced almost every director out there at this point. It is.
2: And I don't want to say it ruined Carpenter's career, but in his mind, it kind of did. Yes. Because it did so shitty and was receptive like so much crap. So he says, if The Thing had been a hit, my career would have been different. But as it was, it did so poorly that they pulled him off his next movie, which was Firestarter.
3: He considers his best movie of all time?
2: He does now. Mm-hmm. But he says that he, everything he did after The Thing would have been different if it had been successful. Well, Every thank movie goodness it wasn't. What Wait, he, what did he end up doing after The Thing? He wouldn't have done... Big trouble. Big wins. trouble. He says, quite um, frankly, that, right. it probably that probably wouldn't have happened. But it changed. The absolute trajectory of his career has changed because he was uh, taken Escape from what York, he was doing. Escape from L.A., vampires. Vampires have <laughs> always worked.
0: That's the tough part about that business. What have you done for me lately?
2: And then my final thing, because again, you know, I love what ifs. But the tagline that we all remember from Alien. Anybody? No. In space, no one can hear you scream. Thank you. Because it's a classic and it's brilliant. Written by Stephen Frankfurt. And he came up with a tagline for the thing, which was changed by the studio because they thought it was too dark. But man is the warmest place to hide. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm.
3: Did they
4: not? And <laughs> what did they change oh, a it a to?
3: See, you can't end with that because I have so many questions now.
4: That's all I got.